0: John chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible says, Now before the feast of the Passover, turn there, John chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world into the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he was come from God and went to God, He riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. I'm going to preach to you tonight or challenge you on three lessons about washing feet. Three lessons about washing feet. John chapter 13. There's so much in John chapter 13. And from John chapter 13 through the end of the book of John, you have a lot of the stories and a lot of the, the, uh, the things that the process that, that takes us to Christ dying on the cross. It, right there, it'll, in, in that chapter, Jesus is going to acknowledge that one of his own will betray him. He keeps the disciples guessing about which one it'll be. Then later on, we see where Jesus is taken and where Judas reveals himself. But here he is at the, what they would call the Last Supper. And at the Last Supper, he has the disciples around him. And just out of nowhere, he decides after supper that he would wash the disciples' feet. If you understand the culture of that time, you understand that was not very uncommon to wash someone's feet before they entered the home very common with dusty roads and roads that weren't paved and very common for people just to wear open sandals and and so on like that. And so it was very common for somebody to come to a home and have uh, someone come, if they were wealthier, to have a, a, a servant come and wash their feet. Or if it was just a poor person, just out of a common courtesy, help someone else wash their feet. So Jesus gets up. Supper's done, he gets his towel, and he goes about to wash their feet. The disciples knew that something was wrong. Matter of fact, Peter, he got a little testy. And he says to them, no, Jesus, you're not gonna wash my feet. As I read the story about Jesus washing the disciples' feet, I see three lessons, and with each lesson, I'm gonna give you a challenge. Because it was down, if you'll go down into uh, John chapter 13, and if you'll go down to verse 34, this is the last thing that he says. Now Judas has been uh, revealed, and now he's, he's had the Last Supper, and now he's washed the disciples' feet. And then he says this, he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one, what? Another. As I have loved you that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. By the way, that is the last command that the Lord Jesus will give to his disciples. The next one's going to come after he is crucified. And the next commandment is going to be the command to go out and reach the world. The last commandment that he gives his disciples is, I want you to love one another. another. I want you to serve one another. Jesus washing the disciples feet, he was trying to get them to understand the example. Humble yourself, serve others, get to a place where you can get down in the low and gritty and with the dirty. And I see tonight three lessons about Jesus washing the disciples feet. In John chapter 13, verse four, I see the same lesson, the first lesson. The first lesson is the timing was unusual. You don't wash feet after supper, you wash feet before supper. You don't wash feet once you're in the house, you wash feet before you go into the house. And uh, I see there as, as, as they were all astounded. They had just eaten, they thought everything was great. The truth is, they were kind of puffed up. We're with Jesus. They thought they had arrived. They thought they were the, not the 12 disciples, but they, were, they thought they were the 12 exceptions. And there they are, and they're looking at each other, and they see their master come up and start to do something that they should have done. Had they truly loved the Lord Jesus Christ, if they truly looked at him as the Son of God, if they truly believed that he was Lord, then why did they not take the first step in washing his feet, the timing was unusual. Matter of fact, why even wash feet after you've already gone through the house? Why even bother now after you've treaded in all the dirt and the mud? Why do it after we've eaten? Why do it after a mess has been created? I believe the answer is there is given when Jesus says to them, He said, that, uh, look at verse 13, he says, ye call me master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and master have washed their feet, ye also ought to wash one another's. He was reminding them, you're getting a little careless because you do not realize that your job is to serve and your job is to look on one another and to look on others, and the timing was unusual. That is the first point. Here's the challenge. Is helping others an inconvenience in your life or is it an investment? Is it an inconvenience? People bother me. Those people bother me. I can't help that group of people. Listen, one thing I've learned in working with people and that is they never need help when it's convenient to your schedule. It's always a late, n- a late night call. It's always when you're going on vacation. It's always when you are busy. You'll never change anyone's life unless you learn how to inconvenience yourself. And you ought not look at it as an inconvenience. You ought to look at it as an investment. I sometimes wonder how many buying a bus kid a cheeseburger, have changed that young person's life. I wonder how, how uh, many times a young person being taken home late at night, I wonder how much that meant to them because they realized had they gone home earlier, it would have been a mess and fighting and it would have been utter just chaos at home and I'd rather be in church. The timing was unusual. Is helping others an inconvenience or is it an investment? I think we constantly need to work on it. I think, you know, people bother, and people holler, and people come at you, and and, and you think, man, you know, why don't you help yourself, and you think, okay, it's no longer an investment for me. You invested tonight, and you invested last week, and you invested the week before. Helping people, serving people, is inconvenient. It's messy work, going out for others. Many years ago, I had a, an activity at City Baptist. Man, I, I built it up. I said, hey, I said, next Friday, I want everybody to come in your best suit that you got, your best dress. Matter of fact, if you guys want to wear some of your banquet, junior, senior banquet outfits, come bring them. And I put all over the school, I put question mark. It was a secret activity. The kids had no clue what it was. They're like, man, where's brother Ricky taking us? We're all dressing up. I got the nice coach bus that we used to own and I got that and I drove it. And man, I said, we can only have 60 kids go and 60 kids signed up and kids wanted to go. Man, they came with their suits. They came with their long gowns. They worked, I said, five bucks and you're gonna have a fantabulous meal from one of the best hotels in Chicago. And we're gonna go, we're gonna see the nightlight. We're gonna see the skyline, it's gonna be amazing. Did not tell the kids where I was going. 3.30, I boarded the bus at City Baptist. The kids were all well-dressed, I was so proud. I said, come on in, man, y'all look so good. And I drove the kids downtown to the Pacific Garden Mission. And we got out. And this is not the new one, the fancy one, this is the old one on State Street. We got out and we went there and went down to the dingy basement of the Pacific Garden Mission. And I told the kids, I said, grab a homeless person and eat with them. And man, they were, you know, a little bit like, no, they're they're scary. Those people are intimidating. Man, I I honestly, I had to say, you sit with him and you sit with her and you go there. And the kids were just, they they were hesitant. And then we went to eat with the homeless. The kids wouldn't touch their food. And I, had to, I stood up and I said, eat your food, eat your food. And man, I'm telling you, there was ravioli and masticcioli and there was all this good food. And we were done. We went up to, they have a, a recording of Unshackled, went to the recording of Unshackled. When we were done and I told the kids, I said, you just ate some of the best food that anybody in Chicago ate. Because you see, what they would do is, the Fairmont Hotel and the Palmer House Hotel and all the big hotels downtown would take their leftover food from banquets and from conferences and they would donate it to Pacific Garden Mission. Those kids had the best meal they've ever had. But they realized those people were an inconvenience to them. Are they an inconvenience or their investment? Number two, the people were undeserving. Look at John thirteen twenty one. John 13, 21, the timing was unusual. The people were undeserving. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. In this group of people that he's washing their feet is a traitor, is a doubter, is a loud mouth, undeserving people. There's a lot of people in this world that you and I think are undeserving, but they're not undeserving to the Lord Jesus Christ. The people were undeserving. As we've read for weeks, when you've done it, unto the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. As Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. They were undeserving, but Jesus washed their feet. I think sometimes we look at people undeserving as we see them through our eyes. As we see them maybe where they live. As we see them maybe by their skin color. Maybe where they were, were, they, were uh, born or reared or what country they're from. We said those people are not undeserving. And hey, listen friend, that's not for you or I to decide. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. The people were undeserving. Yes, we serve some undeserving people. Yes, we run some bus routes where the kids are, are straight up the maniacs of Chicago. We, we do. Yes, we serve some people that are ungrateful. Yes, we serve some people that take advantage of us. But the examples in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even the undeserving got their feet washed. Number three, Jesus serving them left them uncomfortable. I want you to look at John chapter 13, verse 8. And I'll be done. John 13, verse 8. Peter said unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. When Peter saw Jesus kneel, get down and wash Begin to wash their feet. He said, no, you're not going to wash my feet. Let me tell you why. It made him uncomfortable that the Lord Jesus Christ would stoop down to the level that he would wash somebody's feet. Left them uncomfortable. Can I give you a challenge? If you can give or serve comfortably, you have never truly served or given. All giving and all serving requires sacrifice. All giving and all serving requires sacrifice. And as Peter saw the Lord Jesus Christ begin to wash, it made him uncomfortable. He said, You're not washing my feet. You ought to be uncomfortable when you see a homeless person. You ought to be uncomfortable when you walk through some of the neighborhoods you walk through. You ought to be uncomfortable. You know why? Because it ought to challenge you to say, they need Christ. They need Christ. Boy, how many times have we forgotten where we come from? How many times have we forgotten that somebody stooped down? And by the way, just the very act of washing feet, remember, you can't look down on somebody when you're washing your fe- their feet because you've got to be down on your knees looking up. What a challenge to serve. What a challenge to go to others. Let me finish with this story. William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. Started in London. It's 1910. And William Booth was up in years and he was very ill. They kept coming to Mr. Booth and said, Mr. Booth, you must address the International Congress of the Salvation Army. They were called Salvationists. They said, you must, Mr. Booth, address the Congress of Salvationists of the Salvation Army. He sent word back and said, I, I'm not able to. I'm, I'm ill and I'm frail and I've got to stay here in London. And they said, well, but Mr. Booth. You are the first general of this Salvation Army. You are the leader and you're the one that founded it and they have they must hear from you. He said, "Okay, if they must hear from me, then I will only do it by a telegram." So they prepared the telegram. The telegram was delivered to the conference. The conference host picked up the telegram, so excited to read maybe hundreds of words, maybe pages of encouragement to those that were gathered there. The conference host opened up the telegram and it said, William Booth, London, England, Salvation Army, and it had one word, others. Others. William Booth, sent one word telegram, simply put, others, others. Here's the telegram that God has given us. Others, others. You can deny it and say, well, that's not anything I'm going to do. But listen, aren't you glad somebody did it for you?